You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. How do you use AI to become a better writer? I didn't think it was possible, but John Morrow, who's my good friend, and he's been on the podcast many times, he wrote me an email and said, hey, check out these prompts I've been playing with, and we could even play with them and test them out and experiment with them in real time on the show so people could see what it's like when you creatively use AI prompts. I think most people, including me until this episode, did not use prompts to chat GPT cleverly enough. John has put a lot of thought into this. He's made a course on this. He's made prompts that he's given out on this. Actually, you could find his stuff for like nothing at smartblogger.com slash James. I get nothing for this, but smartblogger.com slash James. But you can get almost all of that by listening to this podcast where John shows me the secrets of how he comes up with prompts for ChatGPT in order to write articles and emails that potentially can make a lot of money. So here's John Morrow on our latest edition of Side Hustle Fridays. How to write better articles with AI. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. John, so this AI stuff you sent me is pretty amazing, actually. You basically sent me offline, you were showing me these prompts that could create writing that's undetectable from human writing. And I've been a little skeptical, to be honest, that ChatGPT writing could be as good as a human's, in particular, as good as mine, as an example. But I'm, I'm just kidding there. But the stuff that you showed me was pretty amazing. What well, led you to this? So one of the big criticisms that people have had is, no, it sounds like AI. I've, I've had that criticism too. And maybe because I've been a little just scared that I don't want AI to be as good a writer as me. Maybe I feel a little threatened. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people feel that way. I mean, I feel that way too, frankly. But what I noticed was actually in, in the image space. So with Midjourney, for example, that artists and photographers were able to create much better prompts than people who were not artists and photographers. And the reason why is they knew how to describe exactly what they wanted. And it, it occurred to me, what if the same is true for writing? What if the reason why most people get mediocre output is because they don't 
know how to describe exactly what they want to write. You know, can I give you an example? It's funny you say that. Sure. A friend of mine was writing sort of a resume. She told ChatGPT, like, okay, here's all the jobs. Here's all the things that happened and make it eloquent. Well, ChatGPT made it eloquent. Like it used all these adverbs and adjectives. And I said to my friend, you know, to really make this good, if you want, I'll do a full edit, but I'm just going to simply remove all the adverbs and adjectives. There's too many. <laughs> and so you're right. Like this person didn't really know even to think. Well, well, first she didn't know that this maybe wasn't the best resume because of the, the overflourishment of use of adjectives and adverbs. And second, she didn't really know to say what the right prompt would be other than, you know, make it eloquent. Yeah, exactly. And the same with photos. I mean, people will put in like, show me an image of a baby and a puppy. Uh, but what a photographer might put in is portrait of baby and puppy, cinematic lighting, DSLR camera with short-range lens. So they add all of these additional details. I'm not a photographer, so I, I can't really tell you. But the idea is that by being more specific, they get dramatically better output. So I started experimenting. What if I break down all the components of what make great writing? And I prompt specifically that. And the results are honestly some of my own internal prompts. I can't distinguish the writing from my own. It's actually that good. It, let me let me look at the first document you sent me um, way back when um, you were just showing me as an example. And then I wanted to talk about this on the podcast. The article is that you showed me is the five essential kitchen gadgets for busy parents who want to cook healthy meals fast. So obviously, it's a great topic. So busy parents want to eat healthy, want their kids to be healthy, but they don't have time. So how can they make their lives easier and healthier and be better parents and so on? Yep. And so these are the five essential kitchen gadgets. So it's the, the, the premise is, and this is just from a copywriting point of view, the premise is if you don't have these kitchen gadgets, you're not going to be a good parent and you're not going to be healthy and your kids aren't going to be healthy. So, so it's kind of a copywriting style title, but that's good because you want people to click and potentially buy these kitchen gadgets. Yep. And then I started reading it. And at first, the first sentence is, ever feel like there just aren't enough hours in the day to whip up healthy home-cooked meals for your family? You're not alone. That's an okay first sentence. It feels slightly generic for me. And I was asking myself when I read that first sentence, is the AI just going to start telling me the gadgets or is it going to tell me a story? Because I want a story. And uh -huh. lo and behold, two paragraphs later, a story begins. Uh -huh. And I was amazed. Yep. So one of the big things that AI can't do by itself is include personal experience. Right. It can fake it if you ask it to, but it can't do it. On the other hand, what it can do is if just for a very simple example, you say, write an opening for a blog post and include a personal story about how I, and you write out the basics of what happened, it will then turn that into a story and put it into the right place in your article.
Right, because it understands context. So here's here's the story it says, and this is the third paragraph in. And personally, I like when a story starts on the very first paragraph, but I Uh understand with an article like this, you kind of want to set the intro, what you're going to describe and, you know, build up the kind you know, you want to present the problem first with copywriting, you usually present the problem first Uh and then there's a story. So here's the story, sorry, on the third paragraph. I remember those days all too well. As a corporate attorney, I'd come home after a long day, completely drained and with zero energy left to figure out what to cook. More often than not, the kids would end up eating chicken nuggets or pizza, and I'd feel guilty for feeding them so much processed food. But in that moment, I just didn't see a way out. So again, there's the problem. He didn't see a way out, or she, I should say. And there's a story there. Like, Uh you know, this person feels guilty because they're unhealthy, but they're drained and zero energy. So there's a lot of problem, and, and and it's a story. Now, if I... So, John, let me ask you, if you were writing that story, would you write it differently? I think you would probably write it a little differently. I would. And so here's the reality of what's going on for me right now. So all of the problems I sent you, I'm really saying to the public as proof, none of those are actually my best props. So the prompts that write exactly like me are actually so incredibly valuable that I can't imagine selling them. (laughs) Um, And so for that reason, like I have prompts that write an extremely compelling story, starting with the first sentence. Yeah, because like like if I was going to write this article, I would probably start off, and this is just me, everybody's different, but I would probably start off, I'm a horrible parent and I think I hate my life. Yeah. Every like day that. I get home from my sucky job and I'm so tired of just every piece of I, everything I had to do that day. And, and I just throw, I just heat up chicken pizza nuggets with crap on it in the microwave, throw it at my kids, turn on the TV and zone out and hope that God will forgive me. Yeah, exactly. So really getting deep into vulnerability, really starting with, I mean, the components, the crazy thing is we can take that down and break it into component parts. Start with an extremely vulnerable admission of guilt. Mm. That's what I would do if I was writing this prompt. And then I would say, then provide all the details of what's happening that make me feel like a terrible parent. Use extremely emotional language. I should be taking my internal thoughts and verbalizing them out loud in extremely dramatic ways. So those would be the things that I would be telling it to do in the prompt, and it would generate something more like that. It's so fascinating because what you're basically describing is like you're you're outlining like a script. Yeah. And and then and then the AI is the the writer who is gonna it's like you're the it's like you're the producer of a TV show. The producer kind of comes up or or the showrunner comes up with storylines but doesn't write every episode. Yeah. They'll sort of say, This is what I need in the script. And this is what these characters sound like. You know them already because they're you've been writing them, the episodes. And now we need this. And then the writer goes off and does it. And that's how you're describing you're outlining the script for the chat GPT, but it has to fit the 
the the themes and context of the show if in the TV example. Yep, and the the really advanced version of this is actually you have a collection of templates for different components of writing. For example, I have nine different templates for the opening of an article. I give you one. I have nine. And also, the next step of that process is even teaching it when to use each opening style and how to make that decision. The next step after that is stringing together prompts to where it can write autonomously. And that's actually what I've done since I first emailed you. Because you sent me another email with specific prompts that you figured we could even try. And so it's pretty in-depth. Like I've never seen a prompt this in-depth. And it's very interesting because I really want to be able to say you shouldn't use AI to write a book but or, or an article or whatever. But the reality is, with prompts like this, and, and I see the outcomes, uh, and we can go over that, this could be a really effective tool for to at least assist in writing. Like This is the idea where human and computer together might perform better than one by itself. Yeah, so I used variations of these prompts to write a book in two days, hmm. a, a complete book, and um, it's already sold. Uh, 2,000 copies in the last week. Wow. Can you tell me what the book is? AI Writer. Is it on Amazon? It is. It is. We also, uh, if you like, I can give your audience a link to where they can get it for a buck. Oh, well, well. I, I think they were like it. I see it's on Kindle uh, 99, uh, 9.99. Um, yep. So yeah, you, uh, so AI Writer. It's already got 16 ratings, five star. Use ChatGPT to write 100x faster. Yep. 149 pages. Wow. Yeah, these are good reviews. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. This this one review from Grace Tinson, she she echoes the same thing we were just saying. Why would I say I'm scared to tell you how good it is? Only one reason: selfishness. <laughs> and and that's just it. Is that you know I still won't believe that if I'm at my peak. AI is bad at personal stories and I'm being human is always having unique experiences, always striving for unique yep. experiences. And that will, I think will keep you ahead of the AI a little bit, the, the more stories in your arsenal. But to your point, you could kind of describe that story to the AI and say, link this with neuroscience and write an article. Yep. And it knows things I don't. So it'll be able to use my story and link in, well, here's where his dopamine was firing off. So that's why he was acting like this and so on. Yeah, exactly. So I, um, what I believe is that AI doesn't replace the process of thinking about how to communicate your ideas. What I believe it replaces is the word processor. So in the future, People who are called writers won't be going into a Google Doc or Microsoft Word or or WordPress or whatever. They'll be going to an AI bot and saying, 
write me this, and this is how I think about it. And it will do an amazing job of communicating their thoughts and experiences. So it's going to replace some of the skill that you and I worked really hard to develop. Um, Don't tell me that. 30 years of work. I know. I know. Um, On the other hand, it doesn't devalue the experiences or the insights themselves. AI AI doesn't know what I've experienced in my life unless someone is published about it. So it can't replace that. Like, do you think you could write your, I mean, John, we've talked about your story several times on the podcast. It's a super intense story. You've had an amazing life and you've achieved so much. Do you think you would be able to use AI to write your autobiography? Uh, Yes. And would it be as good as you writing it? I would, no, not right now. I would say it would be about 95% as good. And what what's the, what's the five percent difference? Is it is it stuff that on the fly you think of an analogy or 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 the process of writing itself reminds you of of something that you then want to point out? And if you're using AI, you wouldn't get that insight. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, as anyone who's done any sort of long form writing, you typically start out writing about one thing and realizing what you want to say is actually something completely different. Yeah, so and if you're using AI, that probably won't happen. Well, well, here, here's here's one. Uh, can I read this prompt you just sent me a little while sure. ago, actually? The broad theme here is you want the AI in this prompt to write an irresistible headline and so uh, about a topic. So here's, uh-huh. your, here's your prompt. And it's a very long prompt. When, I've, I've experimented with the AI for writing headlines. And what I say is, write me five interesting headlines uh-huh. about X. But yours prompts not like that. So I'm just I'm just preparing the listener. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read your prompts to the AI, and then if you want, we can even see what what happens. Sure. But, um, okay. So you, here's your here's your prompt. Here's what you said to ChatGPT. I'm writing an article about time management for busy parents. Please brainstorm headline ideas based on the following instructions. One, narrow the topic of the article to a possible outcome that will be satisfying to the target audience. Be concrete and specific. Describe what a photo would look like of this outcome. Think about three dominant emotions the audience will have prior to achieving this outcome. This is so interesting. Each headline should be appropriate for the dominant emotion and include emotionally intense language without sacrificing clarity. Also use informal, colloquial, and vivid language. Ignore the original topic. Brainstorm five headline ideas focused on the outcome photo the audience acknowledging the dominant motion, emotion using the instructed language style and using proven headline templates. At least two headlines should be different styles of lists. One of the lists should be focused on the topic of a product category that can help the audience. Do not use the word products. Instead, choose a specific product category. Examples of proven headline templates. How to, the list headline, the ultimate guide, the case against, the surprising reason why, and repeat the above process for five different outcomes. This is so fascinating because A, some of these things you're telling the AI to do, I don't even understand. But the other <laughs> thing that's amazing is that it brings to mind 20 years of headlines I wrote where I wrote the ultimate guide, uh-huh. the list, you know, the top 10X, how to, and 
the surprising reason why. Like, you know, I did this and then you won't believe what happened next kind of thing. But here's what I don't understand. Why did you say ignore the original topic? The reason why I said that is if you give it a topic and an audience, like time management for busy parents, it's going to write you a whole bunch of headlines about time management for busy parents. But really what's compelling to people isn't actual topics, it's outcomes. So for example, um, taking a family vacation. If you're a busy parent, maybe having enough time to take a family vacation is an outcome that's exciting to you. And so by replacing the topic with an outcome, you actually end up with a better headline. So for instance, in the number one suggestion here for the prompt, you say, narrow the topic of the article to a possible outcome, blah, blah, be concrete and specific. Describe what a photo would look like of this outcome. And I, I asked myself, why is he asking this? Is he thinking of like just an image to include in the article or a cover of the book or whatever? But no, what you're saying is, now write a headline for the for this outcome photo. So forget it doesn't know that it doesn't know what topic or subject led to this photo. It just has this outcome photo now and a description of it. And now you're basically saying, come up with a headline idea, focus on this photo, acknowledging the dominant emotion, using the instructed language style, and using the proven headline templates. Exactly. And I learned this technique by working with thousands of students, a lot of students make the mistake of being really abstract. So they talk about big ideas, time management, um, for example, is a big idea. Concrete means that uh, the easiest way to explain it to someone is that you can take a photo of it. So, what I learned over the years from working with thousands of writers is to tell them, if you can't take a photo of your headline, it's not concrete enough. Tell me the photo. And by learning that, I then passed on that lesson to the AI and it writes much better headlines. Right. So for instance, even in my example where I said, you know, where I would start something with, with the essential kitchen gadgets for the busy parent, I would start with like, you know, I hate my life and I'm a horrible parent. If I was, if I was photo, if I was picture focused, I might say the kitchen was disgusting. There was food everywhere from yeah. last week's chicken nuggets. Mm -hmm. uh, this was like proof right in front of me uh, that not only was I was a horrible parent, I simply was disgusting. Yeah. And so, that's better. It's better. Yeah. So you, here's what I'm going to do. I want to do an experiment where I'll try the basic thing. Give me five headline ideas uh, for time management for busy parents and make it interesting. So I'll try that. And then I want to try first your prompt, but I'm going to leave out number five, which is ignore the original topic and see what okay. it comes up with. And then I'm going to include number five, which is forget the original topic, but come up with headlines for the outcome photo from number one. Yep. And you can use any topic and audience you want. I'm, I'm going to use specifically yours because I want to see, because you know what? I think time management for busy parents sounds like a boring topic. It so is. I'm going to see 
what it comes up with. Uh-huh. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS. Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. So the first thing I want to do is the writing prompt. I'm writing an article about time management for busy parents. Please brainstorm interesting headline ideas. Yep. Now, here's one thing to be aware of. So right now, you're in the basic version of ChatGPT. Right. So this is using version 3.5 instead of version 4. So I should upgrade to Plus. Let me upgrade to Plus. Okay. I'll do that right now. So this is it. I recommend using GPT-4, which is what you're using. Okay. For all of these prompts, it's much smarter. So, okay, so I'm writing an article about time management for busy parents. Please brainstorm five great headline ideas. Okay, mastering the clock, essential time management techniques for busy parents. Parenting and productivity, how to excel at both with effective time management. See, those those sound boring. I would never read those articles. Yeah, they're forgettable. Yeah, Yeah, juggling jobs, kids, and time, the ultimate guide for busy parents. Ah, New ultimate, even though we didn't tell it. Time-tested strategies, transforming chaos into calm for overwhelmed parents. Busy parents, spare time. Unconventional approaches to time management. Okay, so I can see why it thinks these are good headlines, but they don't, they're not appealing to me. No. And so the reason I like this topic is because this is a boring topic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so now I'm going to add your first four suggestions, which is narrow the topic, come up with the outcome photo, think about three dominant emotions, Each headline should be appropriate for the dominant emotion and include emotionally intense language without sacrificing clarity. Also use informal, colloquial, and vivid language. There's a little more to it, but I read that earlier. Okay, so I'm including all that and and that's my prompt and let's see what it comes up with. It's thinking a little more. Did you notice that? It thought Uh like an extra second. Okay, I'll start reading them. 
from chaos to calm, how busy parents can finally enjoy a tranquil family dinner. I like that. It's because it doesn't mention time management. You notice huh. how the other ones all mention time management. The phrase time management is a boring phrase. Yep, it's abstract. But tranquil family dinner, I can uh, picture that. Okay, and the photo for that one is the, the description of the photo is a relaxed family enjoying dinner at a ready at a neatly set table with parents looking content and stress free. Say goodbye to burnout. Reclaim your evenings with smarter time management. Okay, so that one still uses time management, but again, we haven't done the fifth suggestion yet. Unlock serenity. How time management can lead to stress free weekends for busy parents. Okay, transform bedlam into bliss. Your path to bedtimes without battles through savvy time management. Okay. They could have, they could, that would have been good if they did not include, if ChatGPT did not include through savvy time management. Mm -hmm. Like if they just said transform bedlam into bliss, your path to bedtimes without battles. I, I get it. You know, okay, kid, when you have a family, bedtime is like a whole battle with kids. Uh, conquer, okay, here, 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 we're back to the clock, clock here. Conquer the clock, break free from the morning rush, and start your days with a smile. But okay, that is a little bit different than let's just compare again time-tested strategies transforming chaos into calm for overwhelmed parents. So that's almost, the earlier headlines were almost a little too specific. You, you, like you said, you're now getting into the stage where we're starting to picture a story. Uh -huh. All right, so now is the big test. I'm going to include your final suggestion to ChatGPT, which is ignore the original topic. Brainstorm five headline ideas focused on the outcome photo. And then you have some other suggestions there. But like in the, as an example, in these outcome photos, the descriptions were, and I, I didn't read these, but I read one of them, a relaxed family enjoying dinner at a neatly set table, a family enjoying a sunny weekend picnic in the park without any visible signs of stress or hurry, parents peacefully tucking their kids into bed with smiles all around and no signs of resistance or fights. So now it's this, this fifth suggestion for the headlines is ignore the original topic, but come up with headlines using all the techniques described, but forgetting the original topic and, and you're going to come up with a headline for the outcome photo. Okay, so let's see. We'll put that in. Notice that now it's starting with the outcome. Right. Wow, I think this number four here is pretty creative, actually. Outcome one was a photo of a parent enjoying some quiet time, reading a book while their children are playing contented nearby. And it says the dominant emotions are overwhelmed, exhausted, desperate. So here are some irresistible headlines. How to snatch those sweet, sweet moments of solitude, a busy parent's guide. That's not so bad because it has that kind of like flowery, almost to the point of a joke, like sweet, sweet moments of solitude. But then it's concrete, a busy parent's guide. Seven, and this one's interesting. Seven game-changing strategies for squeezing in me time amidst the madness. Because that's really good because Nobody, I've never heard a single person say, oh, I wish I had better time management for cooking meals. But I do hear a lot of time people saying, I'm at work all day, then I get home and it's kids, 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 I have no me time. Mm -hmm. And we didn't say that to ChatGPT, but it, from its enormous database, kind of gathered that we were probably in that context of wanting more me time. So seven game-changing strategies for squeezing in me time amidst the madness. I like this one. Books that keep kids busy. 10 titles to buy you precious minutes of peace. So I like that one because it doesn't address time management at all. Well, it does. It gives you 
it buys you precious minutes apiece. So it uses that kind of a, a transactional thing. I'm going to give my kids this so I can have some time for myself. But it gives a solution in the title, which I love. Like, here's books that kids will read so I could finally cook a meal without arguing with them or whatever. Let's see. Let's see another photo outcome. Um, so the, the outcome photo here that it's going to describe the headlines for, a photo of a parent calmly preparing a meal while children do their homework at the kitchen table. Dominant emotions, stressed, anxious, frustrated. Number one, how to turn kitchen chaos into culinary zen, a parent's guide. Again, I like the consonants with the chaos and the culinary zen. Mm -hmm. And then they, they're they sort of poetic in the title there, but then boom, specifics, a parent's guide. And then, you, then we have the listicle, nine simple steps to transform homework hour from stressful to serene. Huh, ChatGPT likes to use consonants. You yeah, know, repeating the alliteration, yeah. Yeah, oh, here it is. The surprising reason why you're still struggling at dinner time, and then in parentheses, and how to fix it. 15 must-have kitchen gadgets that cut prep time and boost family harmony. I love these. Uh, let's let's find one more photo uh, outcome. And then uh, here's a uh, outcome five is a photo of a parent calmly dropping off their children at school, looking relaxed and ready to start their day. The best grab-and-go breakfast foods that will revolutionize your morning routine. I like that. I would like to know what the best grab-and-go <laughs> breakfast foods are. Uh, the case against rush hour madness. How to start your day with zen, not zest. Love that. This is good. This is, and these headlines are so much different. Again, I will read a couple of the headlines from the begin, from the very first prompt. Parenting and productivity. How to excel at both with effective time management. Ugh, it's like from the Harvard Business Review, but worse. Time-tested strategies. Tra oh, I read that one. Juggling job, jobs, kids, and time. The ultimate guide for busy parents. It's horrible. So these are good, these prompts and the, these headlines. What would you do differently, John? Like, would you have a headline different? They're they're pretty good. The only thing I would do different here is a little bit more pre-work on really analyzing kind of what keeps parents up at night to try and choose the most effective photos. That's what I would be focusing on. Yeah, so what happened was, I guess, is that my very, very initial prompt, which is just please brainstorm five great headline ideas about the topic, that was really generic and it gave me generic headlines. Here, the photo descriptions, like a relaxed family enjoying dinner at a neatly set table with parents looking content and stress-free, that's almost a little generic. And so now it's coming up, it's kind of squeezing a compelling headline from that photo description. It's not as generic as my initial description of the topic. So you might you might throw in a little bit more detail on how it should describe the outcome photo. So let me give you a really, really good example. If you're a parent, you're terrified of your kids getting kidnapped or molested. Yes. Right? It's an extremely dark topic. You also really, really want your kids to be effective, like productive human beings, like good productive human beings. I think most parents do. Like the idea of your kid just sitting on, on the couch all day is like their worst nightmare, right? Yeah. So what I would do 
is build photos around both those dreams and those nightmares in my mind that have extreme emotional impact on the audience. And then I would use the same headline process that I used here. What's different in my case, as someone who's been doing this for a long time, is really just the strategy of which photos to focus on. That's so funny. So basically, in addition to saying perhaps uh, I'm writing an article about time management for busy parents, please brainstorm headline ideas based on the following instructions. So maybe the first instruction is keep in mind my worst nightmares are my children being kidnapped or molested and my kids turning out to be dumb schlubs who just watch TV all day. Yep. And then I would just include the rest. Yes. If you did that, you would get dramatically better answers. Can I try that? Sure. My worst nightmare are my kids getting kidnapped or hurt. And my other nightmare is my kids doing nothing all day and turning stupid. I don't know how to describe that. And so let's just see just that one change. And so I left in the next suggestion says describe an outcome photo. Um, so let me yep. save and submit and let's see what happens. Huh, big difference. So like for instance, this outcome photo, kids engrossed in educational games or projects at the dining room table while a parent watches over with a relaxed, proud smile. And headline, how to nudge your kids from couch potatoes to brainiacs, a parent survival guide. So I wonder though, how do I bring it back to time management? It's not, as much as I think that's a boring topic. So like for instance, one, here's a headline. It, it describes a photo of kids sitting at a computer navigating a child safe website while a parent watches from behind. The headline is the ultimate guide to internet safety. Help your kids surf smart and stay safe online. So I, or 10 outdoor activities that keep your kids active, smart, and safer than ever. What you would probably do is at the end of that item zero, say, please combine these fears with the original topic. Ah, yeah. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie, and fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. So I'm trying to think, okay, before I submit this, so basically, I'm a parent. I'm going crazy. I don't have time for myself. I work all day at some job I maybe don't like. And now I get home 
and my kids are screaming and now I've got to spend three hours cooking for them and then cleaning and then tucking them in. I'm exhausted and I have no time for for anything. Uh And there's a broader context in that. I want my kids to be good people and I don't want them to get hurt. So I'm trying to figure out if if I was to write this, I would maybe say, let's say the listicle form. Uh, This is hard. This is hard, actually. It does. I don't know know offhand what, I mean, I'm thinking of things like, you know, 10 ways to go from the worst parent to a mediocre parent. Oh, 10 ways to keep your kids alive until they're age 20 while still having me time. Yeah. So here's the first one that came to mind for me. Seven activities you can do in five minutes or less that could keep your kids out of prison. Uh, I love that. All right. So now that's, so you and I came up with our own headlines. Now let's see if, if AI could, could beat us. <laughs> uh, so I, hit, I just submitted it. How to keep your kids safe, smart, and engaged even when you're swamped. It's not bad. No. Nope. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this, is, this one's a little bit more. We're going to get to the prison one because I, I have an idea. So five essential kid-friendly apps that keep their brains buzzing and their bodies safe. The ultimate guide to child safety and intellectual growth for the overlooked parent. So I feel that's very specifically taking all the nightmares and the topic and combining them to, together. Yeah, it just did an okay job yeah. at combining these. It's not great. Yeah, so let's think though, maybe my other nightmare, let's just just one more time. And now then the question is, okay, so on the one hand, if I truly am having it compete with me and I feel like my headlines are better, the other way to use something like this is have it make these headlines and then I edit them using my style. So, yep. So I'm going to um I'm going to edit this one more time. And my other nightmare is that I'm the worst parent and my kids will hate me and will end up dead before age 20 or in prison. Okay, I ah, I have one more idea. Before I before I read these Describe what a photo would look like of this outcome. So what you could do is change it from possible outcome that would be terrifying to the target. Describe what a photo would look like of this outcome that includes all of my fears and nightmares. I don't know if that makes sense, but we'll see what it does. Yeah. So this process that we're going through here mm-hmm. Is basically prompt engineering. So yeah, the, the way I come up with prompts, I'll sit here and just play with things for 10, 20 hours sometimes while working on a prompt. And then I get it to the point where it's more or less giving me the output I want. Oh my God, this is a great one. I love this one. The No Regrets Parenting Playbook. Navigating the tough stuff without losing your cool or their respect. That would be a great book title. Yeah. The Anti-Couch Potato Kids Activity Guide. 15 (laughs) fun ways to keep your kids active, engaged, and away from screens. Yeah. You know what, though? It's interesting. I I think it's because my way of describing the how it should describe the photo wasn't so clear. So I... Uh, now I'm getting addicted. I hope you guys aren't getting uh, bored. (laughs) I'm gonna... I'm gonna try... uh, uh, So I said... I said, describe what a photo would look like of this outcome. That includes all of my fears and nightmares. Um, let me just say, 
describe what a photo like this of this outcome and be extremely descriptive of all the nightmares I described above. See, all of my nightmares I described above, the problem is in the outcome, the nightmares don't exist. That's the problem with how I'm doing this. And have the photo include the nightmares I described above and be extremely descriptive. Because I think part of the problem is the photos are not descriptive enough so that they're they're even though the headlines are getting are getting much better, the photos need to have more more Detail. things happening. Um yeah. so let's see. Yeah, it's still it's, it it doesn't quite get fear. I think what you might have to do. So oh my like god, I... this one's good though. Turning terrors into triumphs, the ultimate guide for anxiety-ridden parents. <laughs> From zero to hero, how to be the super parent your kids love and respect. It's a a, a little like my you go from shitty parent to mediocre parent. The ultimate guide to turning guilt into glee, reclaiming your parenting prowess. That's a good one. That's that's a competent one. The surprising reason why your kids might actually think you're cool. That's a good one. I would click on that. <laughs> how to raise kids who love books more than trouble. Oh, the surprising reason why open conversations could save your kids from juvenile delinquency. That goes to your prison <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. But you know, but it sometimes it forgets the um the time management stuff. It does, yeah. But I I still see where where it's coming from because we told it specifically to forget the original topic. So we did. and yeah. we and we focused on nightmares in the outcome photo. <laughs> So, but it's fascinating though, this skill of prompting really makes a huge difference in the headlines. So you talk about crafting outlines around different frameworks. I need you to, and you, and this, is a, this is a prompt you gave ChatGPT, starting with, I need you to help me create. Yep. I need you to help me create a detailed outline of the headline, how to give your first speech in five simple steps. Please focus on specific actions with a timeline of one month. The first step should be joining to Toastmasters and the last step should be giving their first speech at Toastmasters. Let me put that in. This is just a basic outline. We don't want this to be incredibly creative. You're just brainstorming steps. Right. So this is like this is like step one of creating a framework that's going to make your article. Yep. Okay, title. How to give your first speech in five simple steps. We already told it the title. Introduction, a brief overview of the fear of public speaking and the benefits of overcoming it, how to find and join Toastmasters. Step two, understand speech structure. If I was teaching people how to give a speech, I would talk about first the fear of public speaking and the benefits of overcoming it, like the benefits in general of public speaking. Mm -hmm. I would include, here's what the structure of all your speeches should look like. Choose a topic and prepare your speech. And, and it talks about, you, the outline has a sub-outline, which is you know how to practice your speech, craft your speech, and then get feedback so you could learn. So this is good. And then what would you do with this? So if you go back to the list of prompts, go down to, so we have writing your article. Go down to the body, just to show you an examples. There you go. Oh, the body. I see. Please use the outline I provided to write 1,500 words in total article. Exclude and ignore the introduction and conclusion. I will write them separately. That's very smart, actually, because, you know, it's very funny you say that because in my, I've written a lot of articles with writing advice 
And I always say, write your whole article and then take out the introduction and conclusion and your article will, will actually read better. Uh-huh. Um, because often introductions, you know, an introduction is when you don't, you're not quite sure yet what you're writing. So the introduction is usually the worst paragraph in the whole thing. And the conclusion, it's like you feel like you have to write a conclusion. So it feels separate from the style of the article. So often an article will read better if you just write the whole article and take out the first paragraph and the last paragraph. And this is a little bit implicitly mm-hmm. when you're telling ChatGPT. Focus on following the outline, provide clear logical thoughts with transitions between ideas. When explaining a point that can be difficult to grasp, make sure to provide an example. Empathize with the reader may be thinking. You are an authority on this subject, but do not talk about yourself or compare yourself to the reader. Be humble. You're writing in all sections. Use short, punchy sentences, colloquial language, and contractions to create a compassionate and approachable tone. And use rhetorical questions, metaphors, and parallel structure to make your writing engaging and memorable. Use vivid and descriptive language, and and so on. What do you mean by parallel structure? I, I just don't know that. There are a couple of different ways you can do parallel structure. But it would mean you might have several sentences following the same structure together. It's something people don't notice, uh, but it actually makes your writing a little bit more poetic when you do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in this prompt. Step one, ever had a meet cute with a club? That's what joining Toastmasters feels like, only better. There's that sense of curiosity, the excitement, and the promise of something that'll change your life. So where do you begin? Blah, blah. Okay, I see. So now it's it's filling out the outline. And it took out an introduction. So it went right to step one, because you told it to take out the introduction. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop it. It's interesting, because now you could then, starting from this, you could then modify accordingly. So it's just like we, do with the, we did with the other one. So I'm going to just take this one about, can you create an outline for the speech, how to give your first speech in five simple steps. I'm just going to add, I'm going to take out the Toastmasters one because it seems to focus on that. I'm going to say, give techniques from neuroscience for each step and use historical examples of famous speeches in history to support each step. All right, so let's see. This should be insane. Importance of supportive environment. Historical example, Winston Churchill's participation in various debate clubs during his school year. Learning speech structure. Neuroscience. Our brains appreciate structure and predictability. It helps with processing and recall of information. Historical example, Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech with its clear beginning, middle, and end. Choose a relevant and engaging topic. Neuroscience. Dopamine is released when we engage with things that interest us. Choose a topic that will be engaging for you in the audience. Historical example, John F. Kennedy's moon speech, which centered around uh, the exciting and relevant topic of space exploration. Now, this is good. It's doing a whole lot of work. Yeah. It would normally take hours and hours and hours to do. Well, like, for instance, step four, practice and refine your speech. Like, so imagine if I was writing an article about five simple steps. This is a great one. The importance of practice. Neuroscience. Practice helps to build myelin, which speeds up the transmission of electrical signals related to the practice skill. That's very true, but I would not have probably thought of that if I was writing just off the top of my head an article about making a good speech. An historical example. Demosthenes, an ancient Greek orator, famously practiced speaking with pebbles in his mouth and against the roar of the sea. 
So that's a really great example because it also shows often you're going to have to give speeches in adversity. There might be noise from uh, the conference room next door. People might not be listening to you. And that's a good way to practice. This guy, Demosthenes, 2,000 years ago, practiced with pebbles in his mouth. Uh-huh. Um, huh, and then deliver your speech, but calming pre-speech nerves. Neuroscience, deep controlled breathing can help to manage the body's stress response. Historical example, Mark Twain, who despite his reputation as a great public speaker, often dealt with nerves before speeches. Okay, but I have a question. Explain how Mark Twain dealt with nerves before speeches. Known for his wit. Uh, Twain dealt with his nerves in a few ways. First, he was thoroughly prepared. He knew his speeches inside and out. He would often write out the speeches in advance and put in a significant amount of time to practice them. This preparation helped to alleviate some of his anxiety because he knew exactly what he was going to say. He was also known to use humor as a means to ease his nerves. Twain often started his speeches with a joke or humorous anecdote, which not only helped him relax, but also captivated his audience right from the start. Twain acknowledged his nervousness openly, using self-deprecating humor to put both himself and his audience at ease. In doing so, he was able to channel his anxiety into his performances, using it to enhance his speech rather than detract from it. Moreover, Twain believed in the importance of connecting with the audience. He once said, the right word may be effective, but no word was ever as effective as a rightly timed pause. This, this is great. So this here is, is the article. Like I can give a speech using these examples on how to give a good speech. Yep. And if you told it to use that outline to write an article or a book chapter or a speech, it would, it would do it. So, so, so this is really interesting. And again, well, do we feel threatened, John? Yes, of course. <laughs> I, w- I wanted you to cheer me up. No, I can't. <laughs> here's what I will say. So here's where this is going. Right now, this is a huge opportunity as well. So what we're doing at my companies is using this to dramatically accelerate the content production cycle and produce more content than ever before at an even higher level. Yeah, because here's the thing. It still was me asking to explain in more detail how Mark Twain dealt with nerves. Exactly. And and that's finally where you start. You dig and you dig and you dig, and finally you hit oil. And this is where like the real oil of the gold is of this outline is in this example these examples of like mark twain and if i asked it to make the winston churchill one more detailed and and so on you know so so it does require at least for now and i'm not trying to make myself better it does to really have something which i consider quality it does require good prompts the flip side is i didn't know these examples so it's a great tool because no matter how much research i did it's helping me direct the research. It's saying, why yeah. don't you look at Mark Twain? And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. And like, yeah, Mark Twain was always nervous before his speech. Well, how was he nervous? Tell me. And then it tells me. So it, it's helping me direct the research. It is. And it's still very much you in many ways. I mean, you made decisions about the outline. You're making decisions about which examples to include. You also made decisions about what order to think through things. So. Just the decision of doing an outline before you start writing is actually a huge thing 
that differentiates an experienced writer from a less experienced writer. A lot of less experienced writers just start writing and they end up wherever they end up. And then they wonder why it's a, a jumbled mess of an article. It's true. It's just like it's just like my friend who didn't understand saying make my resume eloquent was going to subtly ruin the resume. A lot of people might not. You still have to, just like you said, like, like if, if I was going to make a, a logo or some sort of graphic design for a website, I'm not a graphic designer. And if I just say to, to, to Mid Journey or Dolly or whatever, hey, make a nice graphic design for my website, make it look sort of Einstein-y like me, it's probably going to come back. I won't, I myself will not be able to determine if what it comes back with is a good design or not. Like I still need a graphic designer who who knows good design from bad. Hey, this may be, it needs, it needs fewer buttons on the front page or less scrolling or whatever. It's, you know, I still need a designer to kind of really finish the job. Yep. And I mean, that brings up an interesting discovery that I made. So I've also been using this to test writing emails and email subject lines. And one of the fascinating things is that if I do an email subject line split test, so I test different subject lines against each other to see which one gets the highest open rate, and then I ask it to guess, it almost always gets it wrong. And what I eventually learned, it doesn't understand the difference between a good subject line and a bad one. And some of the things it believes are actually wrong. So what's an example? For example, it believes that benefit-driven subject lines, like how to make more money or whatever, are always better than vague subject lines. Where what what what's a better headline? Like so so in in your split test, what's an example that works better than how to make money fast? Sending you a check. Uh yeah. Because then you then there's a curiosity, there's mystery. What what is. is he talking about? What's that? What check is he sending me? Exactly. What if you um, say? What if you say? Okay, I'm going to ask it. Make a better email subject headline than how to make money fast use the elements of mystery and scarcity i wonder if we'll understand that all right it's a little better unveiling the secret limited spots for exclusive wealth building strategies <laughs> it's okay yeah it's okay it's not going to work but but that's because it's specifically using mystery and scarcity it's, it's unveiling the secret is mystery limited spots for scarcity so so there is there are things john you're going to do better, it seems, than this. Well, so here's how I finally fixed it. Mm. I told it, so imagine everything you know about email subject lines are wrong. And here's actually how they work. And here are examples of curiosity subject lines. Now write subject lines. Then it can do it. Oh my God, do you have those prompts written down somewhere? No, I don't. Not with me. But yeah, 
That that's great. I like this concept of everything you know is wrong because it's still it doesn't take offense. It's still now going to try new things. Yeah, exactly. Um, It'll even apologize. Uh, yeah, that's so interesting. So you know, it's interesting though. Like, I still think if I'm writing a book from my personal experience, maybe what I could use, what I see, I can use Chat GPT for is, hey, this X, Y, and Z happened to me, and it was really painful. And I dealt with it this way. Can you find an example from history that is similar? And I can also tell that story because a very common technique in in narrative nonfiction is to tell a personal, vulnerable story, but then also tell a significant story from yep. history that that's related. And like it, it could tell a story that I won't know anything. I I don't know, even know who De- Demosthenes is, and maybe you will tell me, hey, look at this guy from ancient Greece. This might be a good example for you to use. It's similar to your fear of public speaking. So that's, that's interesting. So I think, I think, I think right now a hybrid model works best, but that said, here's what I'm noticing from this too. Most people don't know that one email is written 10% better than another email. They'll know if it's a thousand percent better, but not 10% better. So Mm -hmm. if you're within 10, if chat GPT is within 10% of the average person's email qualities, that's good enough. It could be enormously save enormous hours of productivity. Yeah. So the prompts that that we're using internally, I'm I'm pretty sure that it makes the writing we publish better than ninety nine percent of writers. I believe that because because you start off with a landscape where ninety percent of written material is already not so good. And I don't mean yep. to be critical of writers. The, the, just so the history of this is that the internet made everyone a writer. We all have yep. a platform now to publish our thoughts. And so, whereas it might take, like with any skill, it might take 10 to 20 years to really be in the top 1% of writers. It's, it's a craft, it's a skill like any other. People no longer r- recognize that because everybody writes. And mm-hmm. so with there's no curation really. So 90% is already taken care of. And then with your prompts and with these prompts, you're say, you know, like that creative one where you tell it everything it's been doing is wrong and you give it examples of good curiosity driven prompts with stuff like that. I bet you can, for instance, that will be better than me because I don't know examples of curiosity driven prompts. And it's interesting. A type of intellectual property in the future, I believe, will be your prompt library for your prompt library. That's so fascinating. You know, I had this discussion earlier with, um, on my, on my podcast with Hugh Howie, who's a science fiction writer. And we Uh were talking about an article he wrote a few weeks ago where he asked chat GPT to come up with its own religion. And he said, include an origin, an origin of the universe story, an origin of earth story, an origin of human story, give rituals for this religion, give, um, the 10 commandments of this religion and, and so on. And what it came up with was fascinating. He said to me, you know, you, you, he, he basically implied, you know, you were very fascinated with this. Didn't you go to ChatGPT then and ask it to come up with a religion? And I said, you know, I actually felt funny because I don't, because that's your, that was your prompt that you did. I didn't want to like take your prompt. And yeah. so I, I think there is like an IP 
not a not a legal question, but kind of like almost we ha- we kind of have to get over ourselves that it's okay to use other people's prompts. You're going to just start to steer it towards things you're personally interested in. Exactly, and I think that last, for example, the difference between a top one percent writer and a top point zero zero one percent writer is imperceptible to most people. Right. And and yet, if you put both of them in the competitive marketplace, the better writer will still win by a landslide, even though people aren't aware of why. I mean, it's like, take any game or sport or whatever, like take tennis. The number one tennis player in the world, you and I would not, if we're watching them play, let's say we're watching them play other people. If we yeah. were watching them play, we would not be able to tell which tennis player is better than another. I, even if you showed me the top 100th tennis player in the world and the top one playing separate matches with other people, I would not be able to tell who's number one and who's number 100 just by visually watching. Yeah. But if they were to play, and, and again, it's, it's to your point, there's a billion tennis players in the world. The difference between number one and number 100 is, is imperceptibly small. But if they played each other, the number one would win 6-0, 6-0, 6-0 against number 100, probably. Yep, exactly. And so the optimism here is that if you want to be a writer, you could still do your style of writing and still pursue topics you're interested in, and ChatGPT could help and probably make you a better writer. If you're already a top whatever writer, still ChatGPT could help you with the research, the crafting, the organization, the structure, and sometimes the actual writing itself, because it's going to know many more examples of writing than you. And so it's pattern recognition on different topics might include examples of good writing that you don't, that you don't have. So, so even like a, 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 a Stephen King could get mm-hmm. a rough outline of a horror novel that he's never thought of before. And he could get some ideas of, images in his head or or structure in his head about how to present and describe the different scenes in this novel. Ultimately, he'll write it himself, but he might might get also examples of horror stories from the past that he didn't know about or hasn't heard of, and he can include elements of those in his final product. And so even a top 10 writer like him could still make use of ChatGPT to improve his writing. But certainly like a mediocre horror writer, of which there are plenty, and there's no criticism to that, they could actually really improve their writing and make more money using ChatGPT. It also goes to your intention as a writer. One of the things I was thinking about, so I wrote a book about writing about AI in two days, okay? And it's not as good as if I had written it myself, but I'm not sure that difference would be noticeable to hardly anyone. Yeah. Because it's a how-to book. Because it's a how-to book. Right, and a how-to book, sometimes people pick it up because they just just want your prompts. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like right now, when I just saw your your Google document a little while ago with with the prompts, and then we've been playing around with it for the past hour, uh, I didn't, you didn't write a whole story about how you came up with these prompts. It's just a list of prompts. And that was the thing that was, for this context, that was the only thing that was interesting to me. I didn't need to hear the story of how you came up with these prompts. Yep. Now, on the other hand, if I were writing 
my life story, I would care much more about the quality of the writing and the storytelling. And I would spend much longer and probably write a greater percentage of it because I would care to accurately reflect my personal experience. So it depends even on what you're doing on how useful it can be. Well, it's interesting because, again, this Mark Twain example where Mark where ChatGPT describes how Mark Twain deals with his nerves during speeches. Yep. This is this is well written. It's correctly written, and it's and he ChatGPT uses some storytelling techniques and so on. It's probably not the style I would write this in, but that's fine. Maybe my style would be ten percent different than this. But to your point, people just want to read about how Mark Twain dealt with his nerves. They might not need that much craft in this. You don't always need craft in in writing. Not always. I mean, just like. If you're reading a recipe for how to cook a hamburger, you don't care if it's poetic. Right. right? You just, it needs to be clear. And so it depends on what kind of writing you're doing. In other cases, it is important that it's a different way. So I think it's starting to think about where does it really matter? to put in that extra time and put in that that expertise and where does it not matter? And yeah. then using AI when it doesn't matter. Yeah, and and you know also AI is going to continue to to get better because it's it will. So it's going to be interesting to see even the next two, two, three, five iterations of this. But but John, thank you so much. This is this is very this is very useful. This this makes me gives me lots of ideas of how I'm going to use AI in my own writing, not to not to s- skip the process of writing, but to kind of enhance the process of writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and ultimately, because ultimately, what you want to do is engage more people, and and I think this provides a lot of tools for that. So again, a lot of people are playing around with AI. There's a billion new AI startups, but I've been really wondering how to just use. AI for myself. And part of what I do is I'm a writer and maybe I've been a little bit nervous about delving too deep into this, but I could see now, thanks to these examples, how, how I could properly, how I could probably use this to be more edutaining to, to readers. So John, thanks for, thanks for coming up with these prompts. I know, I know you, I know you held the best for, for your subscribers (laughs) and stuff. So how can people find out more about, uh, about your stuff about, uh, and, and get all your great props? So yeah, if you'd like the book, uh, I set up a deal for James and your audience. So if you go to smartblogger.com slash James, it'll give you the book for only a dollar. You can have the whole thing with all the prompts and everything. And... Um, then you can have fun. So, so smartblogger.com slash James. I really appreciate it. I didn't know you were going to do that actually. So I really appreciate it. I'm sure the, every listener who does, who, who, who does that tweet out that you, that you got the book and thank John and, and let, let us know what you're using AI to write, because I'm really curious. You know, it's funny. I, um, I just put out a course, John, on Udemy, how to write and publish a book in 30 days. 
And I do mention AI, but I basically say AI can't replace your unique experience. And I still believe that. And I kind of describe a framework by which you could think about nonfiction topics and write your first book or second book or whatever in 30 days. And I give all my my personal tips for writing and, and the craft. But I think in my next, I, I really enjoy making these courses on writing. I really love teaching writing. And I think in the next course I'm going to do is, is going to be about how to write an autobiography and, and why it's important to do so. And, and I could see use for AI in that, particularly in terms of coming up with relevant examples analogous to one's own story. Exactly. And what I think will be really cool in the future, and there could even be a huge business in this, is come up with all of the list of questions that a ghostwriter would ask someone if, it, if they were writing their autobiography. Wow. Then the person great. could answer the AI and then it would write their book. Well, I'm sure that's possible. How about this? I'm going to ask you right now and we'll, we'll, we'll close it off with this book. What unique questions should I ask John Morrow about how to be a better writer using AI tools like like ChatGPT. Let's see if ChatGPT would be a better podcaster than me. Probably will be. If you scroll down some. Oh, yeah. Let's see. John, as an expert writer, how do you think AI tools like ChatGPT could enhance the creative writing process? Could you share any unique ways you've utilized AI writing tools to improve or streamline your own writing price? Well, you did do that. In your experience, what are some of the unexpected benefits or challenges of using AI in writing? That's a good question. How can we use AI tools to enhance our writing without losing the human touch and emotion? That's a good question. It's almost like it knows its own weakness. <laughs> What's your advice for writers who are hesitant to use AI tools like ChatGPT in their writing rights? This is like what we've been talking about the whole time. Can you share a time when an AI writing tool surprised you in terms of its insights or suggestions? I think that's, I think that's what we want from AI. Is we want it to surprise us. We want to look at it and say, wow, how did it come up with that? So I can give you... One thing that really surprised me, and I'll end this just to, because this surprised me and terrified me at the same time. In the beginning of my book, I tell a story about a man who finds a genie and that the, he rubs the lamp and the genie comes out and says, you can only have one wish. And the guy says, I, I thought I had three. He said, no, it's a myth. You have one. And you can't wish for more wishes. But that's the only limitation. And so the man thinks and thinks and thinks. And he eventually says, I want to use my one wish to give every man, woman, and child unlimited wishes but wow. I'll live to the rest of my day with none. And when that happens, lamps appear all over the world. Everyone has a lamp, and they all get their own genie forever. And the man finishes by asking the genie, what's your name? And the genie says, AI. Wow. That okay. is a fascinating story. So, AI wrote that story. 
That is beautiful. That is really beautiful. Not only that, the genie then turns around and asks the man, what's your name? The man says, Sam, who's the founder of OpenAI? Ah, Sam Altman. Sam Altman. That's fascinating. So I wonder, you know, in that story, there's this kind of implicit knowledge of, of goodness, of what it means to be selfless and good. And I wonder if it saw if it saw in its million text database, you know, some similar story or or if it really just defaults to selflessness when when telling a story like that. It also understood it to such a degree that it understood that it was the genie and that its creator was the man with the lamp. And it decided the names. Yeah, right. That's fascinating also. So interesting. And, and, and like you said, there's a little bit of terror in that. There is, yeah. All right, it's going to be a fascinating decade, that's for sure. John, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And come on anytime. Yeah. I, lo- I love talking about all this stuff. I love talking <laughs> about writing. You're always a, a great guest. Next time you have like some amazing prompts, bring bring them on, and we'll have we'll have AI Thursdays and like more prompts every, you know, so many weeks or whatever. It'd be fun to play with this. But thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, John. Again, again, go to smartblogger.com/slash/james to get all of John's great prompts and try all this out for yourself. I'm just curious what people will come up with. Thanks so much, John. Thanks everybody for listening. All right, thank you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.